welcome to episode number four of the Pubstool Politicians, a podcast that this week seeks to build a wall out of empty beer bottles and make our liver pay for it. Uh, this is our first episode post St. Patrick's Day. I'll introduce you to my partner in crime. What did you get up to for St. Patrick's Day? Uh, well, I was back home there last weekend, saw my city fall into an absolute war zone of ridiculously fat teenagers and drunk Americans. I've seen that myself, yeah, it's pretty bad. They're good people, they're just drunk Americans. Hi guys, happy to be here as a fellow American. Um, yeah, thanks for that intro. <laughs> you know I meant nothing by it, but you know who you do get. Woo! You, you guys, you guys, you guys are awesome, man. You guys aren't that awesome. Okay, uh, for those of you listening back home, I should introduce, this is our friend Nicole, who's joining us this week, and we are delighted to have us. Let me just give you a little background on our friend Nicole. It's ironic to be introduced her, speaking of Paddy's Day, speaking of pale people who enjoy a good beer. That is our friend Nicole. Good on um, you. Just for those of you... Us. Exactly. Nicole this week will be regaling us with some very interesting stories from deep inside Trumpland, where Nicole is actually from a very rural part of America. It's ironic, really, because Nicole is a card-carrying Bernie fan. So much so, she will only write in lowercase letters because she hates capitalism. Okay. Hi-oh! <laughs> see you. what he did there? <laughs> see what he did there? Did you listen to what he did there? <laughs> okay, let's jump straight into it this week. So we're starting off with the headlines in brief. Now, it's been a big week. A lot has been going on. West of the Atlantic, east of the Atlantic, a lot of big shit happening. But let's start with the most meaningful, impactful story of the week. Did you see the video of Prince William dancing? In the town of Verbier. I believe so. It's never been the same since. (laughs) He danced up a storm. He puffed those cheeks and raised the roof. (laughs) Like I like I'm I will admit that I've it's very rare that I would throw any shape that could be construed as a dance move, but even I look like Michael Jackson next to this dickhead. You have to wonder with dance moves like that, he's a baldy like myself. Kate would have never gone from if was, he wasn't a future king. That's what I, that was my first thought when I saw the video. I was looking at it going, Jesus your missus is good looking, like this how did you score her? Fabulously demure I say she was in the club with her mates dancing around their handbags and this thing came up to her, raising the roof. <laughs> You know how much land I have. And she saw him dancing and she went, he looks like he's worth a few quid, so I'll give him a look. No, she said, to be honest, I'm only in St. Andrews because my parents sent me here because he was here. I better fucking get a move on. <laughs> yeah, you're a great dancer. Yeah, you look great. Yeah. What, what do you make of the storyline? I'm going to ask Nicole this. What do you make of the storyline this week? Because with that video came the thing where people accused him of being lazy. That he wasn't going on enough royal engagements. You know, He wasn't flying the Union Jack enough. That That is ultimately essentially his purpose is that the the royal family should be figureheads of state you know showing off themselves well now they were they, you know they did a few they were in france for example post-brexit trying to make things look better but nicole what as an american because you don't have you know this monarchy crap what do you make of it all well prince william can do no wrong in america we love the royals we wish that we had royalty please if you're hearing this the queen please come back we want you desperately <laughs> what, about, what about kim what about kim kardashian yeah that's your royalty yeah. right there oh my god stop it no <laughs> absolutely not but i have to say he stole my heart with his dance moves i tried to dance just like him the other night um and failed i think he's very well equipped with the dance moves for those of you who haven't seen it it's that palms to the ceiling raising the roof roof. nonsense it's the gear though it's proper for those of you who haven't seen it imagine the worst dance moves you've ever seen oh google it immediately he has a lot of charm the thing i I really like him i'm not a big harry fan harry i'm a playboy 
I drank four We like Harry. Kids. You can come to America too. Thanks. Okay, I'm, I'm not noticing a lot of love. Yeah. Oh, we like Harry more because he's like the prince that can be conquered. He's dating an American right now. All right, you little dirt. <laughs> I should point out at this stage that my friend Nicole is married. Okay, yes. To a wonderful man Very who I know guy. well, and he's a good guy. Who apparently, Calm she's down. conquered. <laughs> conquered. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get back on track, shall we? Okay, going back to it. But Before no, Nicole gets was... all hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. He was accused. He was accused this week of not basically keeping up his end of the bargain. Now, I don't know how you can be accused of being lazy and not keeping up your end of the bargain when your end I'm of the when your end of the bargain is fucking not doing anything and taking a shitload of money while visiting other countries on holidays. Is he not a bit busy flying helicopters and saving people's lives? Okay, I think he is a bit busy doing that when he, but like he does that like a certain amount of time of the year and the rest of the time he has quote royal engagements where they have to go to other countries and stuff we have a friend who's in the army who knows this and when we talked to this about him we said right that job flying helicopters there is a queue a hundred mile long of people who want that job and of course you have to be uber qualified and uber fucking good at your job to do it and of course Prince, Wi- Prince William like sort of got to the Uber though in case you're mixing that up <laughs> <laughs> you want to be qualified to drive an Uber you can't Uber look qualified <laughs> You can't break your leg On a mountain in Wales And Uber Prince William Oh that'd be awesome though <laughs> Nicole Am I dead <laughs> You have to be qualified For this job But does he Just hop the queue That's what our friend Who's in the army said Is that like Only the elite Of the elite The cream of the cream Of the absolute top Of the top Get to do these jobs Because again Flying helicopters Is obviously an incredibly skillful thing Judging by his dance moves This guy is not exactly Fucking elite <laughs> This guy was not a Royal Marine Commando. He can barely raise the roof. Yeah, but if being good at dancing made you good at flying helicopters... <laughs> You'd be... <laughs> I'd be flying an Apache in the enemy territory. <laughs> full of drink. <laughs> in that case, I'd be better driving a helicopter drunk. <laughs> Fuck it, load them in. Don't worry about the gunfire. Send me in the Nam. Stick on Summer 69 there. Yeah, that was the best days of my life. Get in, don't worry about it. Get in. <laughs> How many pilots? So long, suckers. How many pilots go? Yeah, I'm a bit better with a few drinks on me. <laughs> I just need to loosen up, lads. Hold on. Do me stretches. No, I'm not doing gear tonight. I'm flying a helicopter. Oh. <laughs> We're not in the swan. <laughs> okay, so now we're moving on. Okay, let's look at headline number two. You know, we started off on a nice easy one there, but this is a genuine concern. Uh, this past week was a, a huge litmus test in the rise of populism versus the rise of fucking sane human beings. Dutch Donald Trump, his name is Gert Wilders, was running in the Dutch gen- general election. People were genuinely worried. Every single paper you saw was reporting on it. You know, it was a big deal. They were I genuinely worried. I haven't trusted him since 94 when he was in Batman Begins. 
<laughs> or Batman Returns, excuse me. <laughs> he did. He rose to prominence in 1994 in the hard-hitting documentary Batman Returns. Even before that, when he was fighting James Bond, when he set up Zoran Industries. <laughs> Yeah, he, he has that classic look of a Bond villain, no doubt about it. Um, so this is the story that Gert Filders, who is the head of the far-right Dutch Freedom Party. Now again, I must bring in our American friend here, because I feel like you lot have ruined the word freedom for everyone. It's called the Dutch Freedom Party. What is it with the hardline, hard-right fucking nutjobs and the word freedom? Like, why... And again, this thing, like, and you'll know this better than most of us, you lived during the Bush years. <laughs> what is it? Why do they love appropriating the word freedom? Oh, God, I have no idea because <laughs> <laughs> they just like anything that sounds manly and there's like fire, guns and eagles involved and freedom kind of encompasses all of that, I feel. Absolutely. <laughs> you and I love using this, though, because we, we will just shout freedom at each other randomly, you know, to encompass anything. Any sort of Americanization of anything, we'll just shout freedom at each other. Yeah, I feel freedom encompasses everything American, even if they don't know what freedom actually means. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to play a quick round here. Now, Gerd Wilders, I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something about far-right fucking nutjobs and crazy hair. We're going to talk about three of them here today. Donald Trump, crazy hair. Gerd Wilders, crazy hair. And Milo Yiannopoulos the alt-right darling of the Breitbart fame. Now, Nicole, I'm going to show you three pictures and we're going to play a game of Shag, Marry, Kill. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this. Okay, so I'm going to show I you three think, pictures. I don't think Nicole is Milo's type. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. She is barking up the wrong tree if she picks him for marry. I mean, I do like or Shag. tall, dark, and handsome. It's going to be hard to pick any of these guys. <laughs> How do you feel about right-wing blonde and fucking ludicrous? Like, yeah, that's... Okay, okay, that's here close. we go. I'm going to show you three pictures here. There you go. That's Donald on Donald the left. Short blonde now, I, I've gone long. out of my... <laughs> I've gone out of my way to pick some seriously hilarious hair pictures. Yes, those are nice. Um, also, before Nicole plays Shag, Mary Kill, can I get you, my partner, Graham, to have a look at this? Do they not all look like three generations of the same fucking crazy family? For those of you at home, I'm showing him pictures of three of them right now. And come on, look at them. It's that vacant stare, isn't it? I think it's the hair. Well, look, I'm no man to talk about anyone's hair. <laughs> I think you look, if, if you're listening, I think you look great, guys. <laughs> okay, okay, so back to the go. Okay, shag, marry, kill. Oh, God. Um, well, I guess, who's this guy? That's Milo Yiannopoulos. Well, we'll shag him. He would. <laughs> Ah, uh, you want to show a game, Luke? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is this embarrassing. One in the middle? That's Gerd Wilders. All right, we can marry him. And because okay. there's no way I'm going to do anything with that guy. We're going to kill Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, so that's kill Donald Trump. Marry Gerd Wilders. Like, like we say, please let me back into my country after this. Thank you. <laughs> so we just daily mail at Fox News a little married woman has said she wants to kill Donald Trump and shag a gay bloke. <laughs> And I'm married to a Muslim. And she is married. <laughs> for the record, for those of you at home, yes, she is in fact married to a Muslim. We're going to be talking about it a little later because we're also going to talk about the fact that any device bigger than a phone has been barred on flights. Couldn't bring me cock on them. <laughs> <laughs> Too much? <laughs> if we're talking about your cock, no. I'll talk to your girlfriend if we're talking about your cock not nearly enough I wonder five and a half inches on an iPhone <laughs> maybe maybe on his best day is that one of those Amazon speakers <laughs> you wish baby <laughs> you're more of a flip we can't phone use that. <laughs> can't bring me cock on a plane 
I don't think you can check that into baggage, can you? <laughs> Have you anything to declare? <laughs> Would you take a look at this? <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, let's all right, get away. Right, right, enough penis right, jokes for now. Let's insane. come back. I can't do back it. Back okay. to reality. So we, <laughs> unfortunately for you, yeah. Okay, so we were actually, this is genuinely true, so this week was the Dutch elections, which a lot of people were, like I said, using as a litmus test of populism at large and democracy at large, could we survive? Most people were thinking, look, if the Dutch, and this, by the way, is a country of people who have legalised weed long before it became cool, who have legalised prostitution, who have legalised, you know, the vast majority of drugs. Surely if there's any country that you think could chill the fuck out and, you know, not overreact things, it would be the Dutch. I 100% agree, but they had a massive push on anti morale the quote-unquote freedom party of Gert Wilders they were very much and he was hardcore you know again Trump went pretty hardcore against the Mexicans but Wilders was straight up racist about yeah. being anti-Muslim and it wasn't even kind of shy he literally described himself as anti-Muslim he wanted Muslims out you know he didn't sugarcoat it Trump again had his moments with Mexicans but he was pretty clear like I want them out Wilders was was Straight Wilders, up borderline Hitler. No, I get what you're saying, but who came first? Was it Trump, okay. Trump saying, I'm going to have a complete blanket ban on Muslims entering the United States? Was Wilders before him? No, no, Trump was first. Wilders like was only over the past six too. months. Yeah, uh, no, but in this case, Trump came first. Wilders campaigned over the last six months, so he was very much after Trump. Wilders came, you know... He was straight up like, we don't like Muslims, we don't trust them, they're, you know, they're going to kill us all. By the way, how's that marriage of yours going? Have you been killed yet? No, not yet. It's, not yet? it's going pretty well, yeah, okay, thanks. It's going pretty well, alright. <laughs> There's a couple of things we have to point out about this fellow Wilders. Okay, so his party was known as the Dutch Freedom Party. Now, Dutch people, for those of you who don't know, Holland has one of the best democracies in the world. They have proportional representation, which is something people in England have been trying to get for a long time, but we haven't. So in Holland, literally every vote counts because when you vote, you get proportional representation. So if 10% of the electorate vote for your party, you get 10% of the seats. We don't have that here. So for example, when the Tories, for example, took well over half the seats in the 2015 general election, they actually only received 24% of all the votes that were cast. UKIP, for example, got 4 million votes and one seat. The Green Party got 1 million votes and one seat. The Labour Party, again, got almost half the votes and something like, you know, roughly, approximately 40% of the seats, something like that. Has there been much, not going off topic for a second, but has there, has there been any Swedish-style terrorist attacks in Holland? To the best of my knowledge, no. Has there been any Swedish-style terrorist attacks in Sweden? When you say Swedish-style, what do you mean? Because has there been any Swedish-style attacks exactly in that. Sweden? <laughs> That's like, I don't know why there is. Because I know El Trumpster brought that up, but everyone's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Now, I understand what happened in Germany. is no laughing matter. But has there been an attack in Holland? Has there been anything in Holland? To, again, to the best of my knowledge, no. So what's his beef? Ain't that the fucking question. We again. should get him on the show next week. We will see if Gert <laughs> is available. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, one thing I should point out, though. His vo his party did get 20% of the vote. So they do have 20% of the seats, which is up five seats from what they had previously. Yeah, but those, was it they say? There's one in every family, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, I think we have a phrase in Ireland called the uh, sun shines on a dog's arse at least once a day. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crass, but that's true. Okay, let's move on to our next headline of the week. Now, this is where our friend Nicole is going to really come into our own because we need to talk about this. The Trump failure on healthcare repeal. So for those of you who don't know, Obamacare was passed in 2010, which vastly improved the access to healthcare for 20 million Americans. Yeah, but well, hold on a second. Did you know 
that the people paying for the healthcare are only paying for the people who are sick. Yes, but that's how insurance works. Like when I get my car insurance and I don't crash my car, I still pay because I'm paying for the people who do crash their cars. You think you're better than me. <laughs> But that is the basic. You're principle. better than me and Paul Ryan. I don't know what you're talking about. The two of us. I'm the only one who's crashed a car in the past year. Crashed a work car. Just didn't tell them. <laughs> now you have. Can we edit that out? I, I think no, we're going to have to edit that bit out. They yeah. can't prove that scratch was mine. But like, so for those of you again who maybe haven't caught up with the news this week. Donald Trump and the Republican Party, they had seven years, seven years to come up with a replacement to Obamacare. They plotted, they ployed, they connived. And what did they come up with? Something that 11% of voters in polling were okay with. 11%. That's how bad it was. Now, really, with this Trumpcare repeal, they didn't even go to a vote. They stopped the vote because they knew they'd be embarrassed during the vote. Now, I don't know about that, but I I think, seriously, Donald needs to be worried because old Daddy Vladdy is going to be very disappointed with Donny Boy. You know what they do in Russia with when, you know, kids disappoint their parents? Having dated a Russian girl, let's just say it doesn't go well. <laughs> You've heard of those tiger Asian parents. Aggression Russian parents. Fair enough. But, right, I look at Obamacare and they're fighting to keep it and they're fighting to repeal it. It's not all that great anyway. As someone who grew up in Ireland and then moved to the NHS system. It is pretty, like the NHS is pretty sweet. It's pretty good. So, alright, let's just do a very quick run through of how insurance works. No, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Alright, 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 I'll, I'll try and explain it as quickly and succinctly as I can, okay? The NHS is what is known as a single payer system. The British government pays for everything. And when you pay for everything in one quick go, you get what is called the economies of scale. So I'm going to use the most brutally quick examples here. If you need an x-ray, to use an x-ray machine costs money. But if one person is paying for all the x-rays in one go, you can get a discount rate. So x-rays obviously don't cost nearly as much. That's However, TK Maxx, yeah, basically, yes. goods at high street The prices. TK Maxx model, that is it. Okay, so when you order... 100,000 x-rays, you get it at a massively reduced rate. Whereas if everyone buys their own x-rays separately, it costs a lot. Calvin Klein underpants for £9. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wearing them as we speak. They are comfortable as fuck. I'm wearing Calvin Klein and I paid 9 99 Thank you, Obamacare. And we invite you to tell us what you are wearing. <laughs> Ladies. Not men, though. No, you're gross and say with your emails. Keep Stop that. Yourself, pal. <laughs> okay, but this was important because... Um, so this week, they Trump said they were between 5 and 12 votes short, whereas the news was reporting they were anywhere between 24 and 36 votes short. Yes, 24 to 36 of their own Republican sen senators were fighting them on this. Now, there was a journalist this week who tweeted, she talked to one of the senators. Her name was Alice Olstein, a journalist who tweeted, quote, I asked Senator Roberts if he supports scrapping essential health benefits in the Affordable Care Act. And he wrote, and I, this is a direct quote, I wouldn't want to lose my mammograms, he snarked. Breast cancer jokes, always hilarious, I think we can agree. Wasn't there a tweet back from a moment, well, I wouldn't want to lose my prostate? Yeah. Why uh, would he say that? You fucking idiot. I know. In fairness, Trump had found a few doctors who were in favour of his health care plan. Uh, he had found Dr. Harold Shipman, uh, Dr. Evil, Dr. Nick Riviera, and Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Oh. Actually, three, three of which, which are now earning six-figure salaries working for Jeremy Hunt in the uh, <laughs> health service over here. 
Okay, but can I tell you my absolute favorite fact of the week? Okay, so while researching for the show this week, I found this this is my favorite By the way, using the term fact doesn't count for shit anymore. Okay, it doesn't, but this is this is genuinely true and this is verifiable, okay, which alternative is now the new word apparently for that. Verified by the Washington Post and New York Times. I kid you not, Donald Trump registered for his re-election campaign on the day he was inaugurated. Why would he do that? I don't understand. So he literally was just voted in as president in 2016, re-registered for the 2020 campaign to run again on his inauguration day. Now, is that fucking optimistic or what? Well, isn't that kind of just the normal? Everybody assumes once you have your, your first presidency, you automatically start running for the second one. Okay, but but to me, is this a bit like going ring shopping for a girl you just got drunk and shagged while she was unconscious? I mean, it's very optimistic because... <laughs> that does well, sound very I mean, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he'd be our president to begin with, so I can't really say too much that he might not well, be like you fluked one, year. and you're thinking, right, I fluked one, let's fucking re-register for round two. Or like, going, Jesus, Donald, calm down, enjoy the first one. You're lucky to be here, you douchebag. Uh, I don't really stick up for Donald that much, <laughs> but I'm going to have to disagree with you and say this is pretty normal for a president Is that a done thing, though? Yeah, once you're in, you yeah. go again. I think, it's, 70, I think no matter though. what, he's going to be the Republican candidate for 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Donald who did it, or if it was just Do you know what, Nicole? I'll make a bet with you now. He won't be here in a year. Okay, all right. Let's put some money on this right now. How much are we betting? I don't have Six. any money. <laughs> <laughs> Six cans of Fosters. No. All right, I can do that. Can I'll do. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put me more. I say five In pounds. It's not so. worth. No, wait, wait. Six cans of Fosters are five pounds because six cans of Fosters is three pounds. Yeah, but I sure. feel better dealing in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll put me money where my mouth is. I don't think he'll be here. In one year's time. As in, what do you mean by here? He'll be no longer the president of the United States. You reckon he'll be impeached? Absolutely. When they find out what's going on with the Russians, people get sense he's gonna leave. And he'll, pro he'll probably leave himself. I'm gonna only make this bet because I didn't think we'd get this far. <laughs> and I've been proven wrong every step of the way. So, like, I hope you're right. But we'll make this a bet. <laughs> okay, okay. That is now, and, and by the way, there's now a permanent record online which will be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> okay, next headline up this week. Now, this is one that's really going to split the audience because we are appealing to English listeners, uh, which was the death of Martin McGuinness this week. And um, for those of you who don't know, Martin McGuinness was a card-carrying Sinn Féin member. He was also an IRA general back in the day of the, you know, 80s, 90s. and No, he wasn't in the 80s, 90s. Well, he was into the 80s. He, he was into the 80s. He, was in the he then 70s. became, yeah, he was 70s and 80s. During the 90s, he, he completely flipped the script. He became sort of a, I don't want to overstate the case by saying he was a Nelson Mandela figure, but he, you know, he no, really he did. He was pushing peace. It was him and Paisley. They nicknamed the Chuckle Brothers because... Which for anyone who's seen the Chuckle Brothers is a really not an appropriate sequel. Ian Paisley was on his side. He was on the unionist side. He was, uh, he saw himself as a British man, whereas Martin saw himself as a proud Republican man from the bog side of Derry which if people don't know a lot about it was an absolute war zone <laughs> the start, when you read about what was going on like and when oh you we're talking people it's just i can't actually believe that it was happening in ireland and i've only to be honest i've only really started reading up you always read about someone when they die yeah you you seem to forget that people are alive you don't celebrate you make fun of them when they're alive and you celebrate them on their death but what happened was and it was old um, Bertie Ahern as slimy as slimy as a plate of eels but anyway <laughs> he was being interviewed and he said they went in and they all sat down and there really wasn't enough chairs for all of them so you know a two man couch they sat three men on the couch and they were all hip to hip touching each other 
and they said that McGuinness and Paisley whether or not they were nervous or what was happening they were trying to out joke each other and the rest of them were all just sitting there looking like what the fuck <laughs> is going on here and they were joking and joking and that's where the idea of the Chuckle Brothers came from and everyone dubbed them the Chuckle because when they met they were both so passionate they had both seen so much that I think they thought we have to do something different we have to get along just to put an American slant on this for you Nicole this is like Abu Hamza and George Bush sitting down and sharing a joke. Gotcha. <laughs> it's totally different size. This is like this is like Ray J and Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I love they, 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 no, let's just say they've both dived into the same crevice. <laughs> this is like Kid Rock and Tommy Lee. <laughs> it's like Melania and Ivanka. <laughs> 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 but in terms of <laughs> politics and uh, good lord oh my god I'm never getting back I don't even know America. what we were talking about before then again okay let's get back on track shall we so we were talking about Martin McGuinness's death god rest his soul R.I.P we just absolutely made some awful jokes about that but I think something we really should point out here because we, we love pointing out hypocrisy and bullshit and lies on this podcast so the Fox News of England or the Daily Mail as they're also known they reported on this story with the headline quote Corbyn faces fury because they reported the story that Jeremy Corbyn the leader of the Labour Party had the audacity to, to give a eulogy for Martin McGuinness now the Daily Mail pointed out that there was fury as Corbyn pays a warm tribute to IRA killer Martin McGuinness as a quote great family man and praises his immeasurable role in the peace process. Corbyn, the Mail explained, had first tweeted about Martin McGuinness's death and had then released a longer statement which according to the Daily Mail in all their wisdom had included the passage that Martin McGuinness played an immeasurable role in the bringing about of peace in Northern Ireland. After years as a key protagonist in the tragedy of conflict, Martin played an immeasurable role in the crucial bringing together of the Good Friday Agreement, a peace process which, despite difficulties, remains an example throughout the world of what can be achieved when the will is there. Now, the Mail then went on in several paragraphs to point out that the Labour leader faces fury and anger for this response. But the tributes from other party leaders, such as Theresa May, Nicola Sturgeon, Tim Farron, were completely unmentioned in this story. They didn't even bring them up. They just pointed out that, you know, Corbyn was facing fury because of all this. So, for example, uh, Theresa May said, quote, he made an essential and historic contribution to the extraordinary journey of Northern Ireland, bringing it from conflict to peace, Nicola Sturgeon said. He grew up in Northern Ireland's troubled past, but without his hard and brave work, the, bridged, the bridging of the divide peace would not have been achieved, Liberal Democrats leader Tim Farron said. Martin McGuinness, for all his past, became a statesman. Peace in Northern Ireland is down in part to his leadership of the Republican community. Yet the Mail managed not to mention any of those just giving out about Jeremy Corbyn's comments. Now, they also forgot to mention that he had intimate relations with Tony Blair, talking all the way throughout the 90s with him. Basically, they used the fallout from Martin McGuinness's death as another stick to beat Corbyn with, because we hate Corbyn, he wants to fund the NHS, fucking crazy bastard in the same way Bernie Sanders was. Yeah, but they also said that she was simply the best. It was Tiger's ex-fling Demi Rose Mobby flashes the flesh in a very revealing mini dress, which only just protects her modesty. That does sound like the Daily Mail, all right. You know, they, they really have their finger on their political pulse. Well, they do indeed. They were also saying, she's a real knockout, huh? <laughs> UFC ring girl, Ariana Celeste, 
goes topless in tiny bikini during our Mexico vacation. <laughs> oh, Daily Mail, man. They, they really have politics down, don't they? I, I should point out one thing, just, just for, again, context on this. They're, a, shall we say, a tad bit right wing? Just a tad. Um, they also had a headline a week ago now, or sorry, two weeks back now, during the Copeland by-election. The tiger's busty ex-fling, <laughs> Demi Rose, threatened to spill out of her dress negligee <laughs> at a magazine bash. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like the Daily Mail. Okay, so two weeks ago during the Copeland by-election, so Labour had two seats in quick succession going up in by-elections. They had Stoke and they had Copeland. Now, they beat UKIP in Stoke, which was seen as a good you know, win against the far-right populist nutjobs, but they did lose Copeland to the Tory party. Was now, that anything to do with my bagels bring all the boys to the yard? <laughs> Topless Ashley Graham bounces her breast while using bread as a bra in Instagram video. Yeah, that that's... By the way, just so you know, my partner in crime is reading headlines straight from the Daily Mail. The sensitive, well-thought-out, pragmatic political commentary that they are so anyway another headline they had which when Labour lost the Copeland by-election they had a headline uh, Jeremy Corbyn took a train back from Copeland to London now can we point out first he took a train back that to me is fairly man of the people he is a man of the people so he took we took a train this, back we said this on the last podcast if you were putting Corbyn's policies to people they are like yes I'm with yeah we love them in a blind taste test it's Corbyn himself <laughs> He lacks that, as the French say, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and yes, the Daily Mail are after him, but they were also saying, Ooh, cheeky. <laughs> Emily Radikowski goes fully nude for daytime skinny dipping as she enjoys a bikini break in Mexico. Was this after her um, video on how to take the best bikini photo? Oh. She did. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Do tell. Do I smell jealousy in the air? <laughs> no, but you smell inquisitiveness. Do do tell, Nicole. How do you take the best? How do you take the best bikini photo? I don't know. I've never taken one. <laughs> well, as a man who's watched that video about four times, you need to find your light. You don't want too much sun because you look bloated. Okay, let's. This is supposed to be a political podcast. Let's bring this back. Okay, getting back to the Daily Mail. Did what you know that Kim, the movie star? Kardashian makes her Ocean's 8 cameo and bears her figure in sheer lace gown. <laughs> More than anything, the, the most curious thing about that story is Ocean's 8. Wasn't there an Ocean's 13? Did she go back five films? Oh no, this is the all-female version. Oh, okay. And who more to empower females than Kim Kardashian? Nicole, how empowered do you feel by Kim Kardashian? Oh, I feel super empowered. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it in your yeah. face. Yeah. Okay, that's, that, I don't know how to segue back now, so I'm going to digress right back to Martin McGuinness, the IRA hero from Kim Kardashian's Female Empowerment. So um, they had been slamming Corbyn because of his uh, warm eulogy to Martin McGuinness. Now, another story they did two weeks ago during the Copeland by-election, uh, while getting a, tra- a train back to London after the loss of the Co- Copeland by-election, Jeremy had the fucking audacity and the gall to take a nap. So when he fell asleep, they took pictures of him with the headline, quote, Hard week, Jeremy. Corbyn is caught napping off on two train journeys hours after losing his party's by-election in Copeland. Like, does that seem a bit harsh that he slept and they judged him on it? I don't know. Does it matter, though? 
are we talking now about the people who write it, who obviously have an agenda, or is it the people who read it that but, don't realise that a man fell asleep? But the audacity of him sleeping! And, and I must point out as well, he also had the fucking gumption to ask for his food on three separate occasions that day. How dare he. I know, what a fucking scumbag. I thought Trump was bad having a go with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but this, a nap on a train <laughs> by oh, an 86 year old man. <laughs> I don't think he's 86. He fucking looks it. <laughs> he, he talks an 86 year old game in fairness to him. Okay, alright, let's move on to our next headline, shall we? Because we've been talking about this over quite a while. Next up on our headlines of the week, unfortunately, and, you know, we don't like talking about this stuff, is the Westminster attacks. Now, we're not going to talk about the attacks themselves, obviously, which were tragic events. But what we are going to talk about is people's reactions to the attacks. Now, Katie Hopkins, the absolute shitmonger royale of London, came out this week saying she went on Fox News, of all people, you know, the Daily Mail of America, saying that Londoners are cowed, scared, and not united. I don't know about you. I'm a teacher in central London. I went into work the next day. Like, no one acted differently. We just went about our jobs the same as ever. Now, you work in central London as well. Any difference? Well, the thing that I see is, and the thing I noticed, and I've never seen it before I moved to London, was the sign to keep calm and carry on. And we make fun of English people and Londoners for, you know, the stiff upper lip and just getting on with it. Don't make a fuss. They got on with it and they didn't make a fuss. But it's a big city as well. Like, people in big cities, and I'm sure this is like, you lived in Chicago, probably same thing. Like, people, big things don't phase you you accept it you move on with it and you you do your thing again in all your time in chicago would chicago be much like london yeah i think it'd probably be the same um i mean i like you said i just think that people kind of get on with their lives and continue on because because this is the thing katie katie hopkins went on fox news fox news because fucking bbc and everyone else knew she was full of shit and she'd be reporting how londoners feel to londoners um, she went on again uh, The phrase she used Cowed Scared And not united I couldn't disagree I am a Londoner Now I consider myself a Londoner I've lived here a long time I live in central London I teach in central London there was No one give on, a shit There was another guy Who went on Tucker Carlson And he said The city came to a standstill oh. Now People retweeted him On his tweets Tucker Carlson is Do you know who it was? I can't recall his name I know but he got a few Because he got Farage on didn't he? Fear mongering it's, I mean, it's the worst type of mongering, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I've fish seen mongering. <laughs> <laughs> That's alright. Oh, fish stink though. It's like war mongering. Like in fairness, war mongering or fish mongering. Fish mongering smells worse. War mongering is probably worse for your soul. But uh, I don't know. I got to pass it to Nicole on this. I mean, I've seen a bigger disruption in London when someone didn't walk on the left side of the escalator. <laughs> like <laughs> the that brought scumbag. the city to a halt. Holy cow! Like. Okay, but but oh. for comparison, I think I'm some you... southern rail driver was sick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a few too many points the night before, and the two thousand Wimbledon <laughs> has come to a standstill. Two thousand people couldn't get to work because Southern Rail runs like you want to see terrorism. Look at Southern Rail. Let's just let's Look just a stranger in the eye on the tube. That's yeah. <laughs> actually that's good. No, let's do it. Let's do a quick uh, list, shall we? Of stuff that Londoners really fear. Katie Hopkins said we were cowed and afraid of this terrorism attack. Here, let's, let's just do a quick round table, shall we, of stuff we're really afraid of. I'm, I'm going to start off. Uh, people who can't pass through the tube gates without breaking stride. Or the devil, as they're known. Talking to a woman in a bar. <laughs> 
I would just say the tube not coming for five minutes. Oh my God, five minutes? Hell on earth. (laughs) Okay, my one, uh, the queue for Inferno is at 2 a.m. Waiting for a pint with London barman. (laughs) Take two orders at once, motherfucker. I'll kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you. Uh, I'm going to say Primark on Oxford Street on a Saturday. Well, I'll go off on Oxford Street and say just someone walking slow on the sidewalk at Oxford Street. The sidewalk is the path. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but listen, if we're going to truly talk about terrorism, night buses. (laughs) You do not know fear. You do not know hate. Until you've gotten a 159 to Streatham at 4am And being invited to a party outside of Zone 3 We were on that bus one night right And there's this fella eating KFC He looked a bit rough around the edges And he's eating it And he finished the uh, chicken wing And he kind of flicked the bone on the ground of the bus right And everyone turned slowly and looked And you could hear the kind of Of the bone I thought to myself Come on pal You are better than this are you though? But <laughs> but everyone watched them eat the next one, right? But it was it went from a wing to a drumstick, so it was a bigger it was a bigger piece, and the bone then hit the ground, right? And this fella turned around, he was like, "Listen, pal, put it in the box." Oh yeah, ate ate the wing and threw the bone. It hit the fella right between his eyes, <laughs> like it was. Off his head Now you must die And the two of them <laughs> Went at each other We were like ah, ah, ah. I was looking at the chicken I was going to get that chicken <laughs> <laughs> Fucking carnage on the bus like. It was I, like love the, the, I love the way Aleppo is happening And you're like I'm going to get that chicken I swear to god It was like the Alamo on wheels Going down Brixton High Road <laughs> And eventually the bus driver hits it and he was like an Indian guy and I'm I'm not trying to make fun of his voice but in the kind of whole disturbance he's like No 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 get get off the fucking bus <laughs> Two boys spill out in the street, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, this is this is Stretton, this is the night bus. This is terrorism. Yeah. Oh my god. This is what makes Londoners cowed, <laughs> afraid, and not united. <laughs> Fucking chicken found the floor as well. <laughs> but and you know the worst part is? No one ate the chicken. <laughs> I got his drink though. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, tell you, Coke, you hadn't opened it either. Salam, suckers! Okay, try again. I feel like my job here is as teacher, I need to bring us back on track. Coming back from that, also reacting to the Westminster attacks. Did you hear what Paul Nuttall said? Now, Paul Nuttall, for those of you who don't know, is the He was a professional footballer. He actually... No, no, he wasn't. Um, Excuse me. He won the Champions League with a broken leg. (laughs) So, Paul Nuttall... Todd Elvis Karasi. (laughs) Paul Nuttall, for those of you who don't know, is the current leader of the UKIP party, who, yes, got in trouble over the last couple of months for saying stuff on his website that wasn't true, but in the, you know, sort of Donald Trump alternative. I was say, like our president. Yes. <laughs> no, Basically, no, if he was American. Even, no, like a bloke in a pub trying to impress a woman. Yeah, was, so again, like our president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, I was a professional footballer. Okay, so. So big. <laughs> you know what they say about a man? Like an iPhone hands. screen, they wouldn't let me on an airplane with it. <laughs> hey, hold on, words hurt. <laughs> 
Okay, let me let me just for those listening, let me just quickly go through some of his claims, okay? This is the man who once claimed on his website that he was at the Hillsborough tragedy, despite the fact his best friend said they didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He said one of his friends died there, despite the fact his best friend said they didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He said he was a professional footballer with- But hold on a second. What are strangers but friends we haven't met? And yeah. And will probably never meet them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast got morbid real fast. Yeah, Too, yeah. Much, Too much realism for you, England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. I, he said he was a professional footballer with Tranmere Rovers and that he was on the management board of the Northwest Training Council, which is a charitable non profit, despite the fact he showed up to one meeting as an observer where he just sat there and listened. I'd love to see Paul Nuttall's Tinder profile, right? Along the lines of six foot three, ex SAS professional footballer, just returned from Mars mission <laughs> to find new anti child cancer drugs, looking for similar to share weekend trips on the Megabus, Cadbury's cream eggs, and book burnings. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> and if you don't like that, ladies, you can go for mine. It's coming up to Easter. You want a head like an egg? Oh, fuck you, like a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I can already feel your tongue <laughs> twitching to swipe right. <laughs> Next on the list is Nigel Farage, who of course had to get his two cents in. Now Nigel Farage, I should point out, did not appear on any UK channels. He instead went on Fox News as the quote-unquote British expert because they need someone to report from Britain. How much do you think they paid him? How much do you think Katie Hopkins... Oh, Katie Hopkins, for the record, appeared on Fox News as well. Neither of them reported to British News. Neither of them were on BBC, they weren't on ITV, they weren't on Channel 4, they were on Fox News in America. But Farage was saying, and this, this is a direct quote, he said that, quote, UK Muslims need to step up to the plate, unquote, after the attack in London, which claimed the lives of obviously five people, including... Step up to the plate being an American euphemism for coming forward and taking responsibility. Yeah, do, you, do UK people understand this phrase step up to the plate because it's baseball <laughs> so where's what's Farage's take on baseball is he a big does baseball does he understand fan? baseball <laughs> does he understand does he anything actually in fairness based on his record of trying to be an MP he definitely understands striking out <laughs> okay so I should point out so what Farage said was, again, quote-unquote, they need, UK Muslims need to step up to the plate. Now, in fairness, dozens, and, and I should point out at this stage, more importantly, because, again, Farage is, he's no longer relevant, right? He's not the UKIP leader anymore. He is a fucking has-been. He was a has-been beforehand. I disagree. He finished on top. That is true. We can argue true. about him, but his plan was Brexit. He got it done, and then he realised the carnage and that ensued. And slowly stepped out. Yeah. <laughs> Like a thief in the night. Into America. <laughs> slow moonwalk backwards into America across the Atlantic. So long, suckers! But, but that was his thought. He said, this was my plan all along. But I'm he out was, of here. He was singing the same song. And, and again, I have to bring Paul Nuttall back here because Fraj and Nuttall are singing from the same song sheet. As leaders of UKIP, they're doing the same thing because Nuttall was the one who actually was coming on against him. Where are the Muslim leaders, you know, condemning this attack and all that sort of thing? The fact is, Dozens of Muslim leaders have publicly gone on record to condemn the act. Like they've they've gone on TV, they've gone on blogs, they've done everything. In fact, a simple Google search would show any of this to anyone. But apparently, Nuttall doesn't have 
access to Google, which is odd, because according to his website, he invented the internet. Well, I mean, it just makes me mad in general that every time a terrorist act happens they're all like where are the muslim leaders where's the muslim support blah 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 and it's just like there's but it's, billions of them but this is the thing you just say it we're at the point now where it's the sky is blue is the sky blue is it you're gonna get enough people to agree with you then it's done you've already put it out there where are the muslim leaders to people who don't read the same papers as us they don't watch the same news as us if he says it they take it it's like Trump reading by Breitbart and saying, I was tapped. I just feel there was a, a white man in New York City on Monday who went and stabbed a black guy and went there specifically to try to kill as many black guys as he possible. He went from Baltimore. And had extremist views towards black people. Why aren't the whites apologizing this for is it? The level, That's what I mean. But this is the problem I have with terrorists. And I said this to one of the lads. The guys who attacked the Stade de France and they bombed outside it. Four of them went to the Stade de France and none of them got in. Only one of them was caught with the suicide vest on. And he was turned away. I think they forgot the tickets. <laughs> They were, said oh, he no, had they a were suicide all. vest and he was turned away like nah mate you're not coming in with that as if you're trying to get into a nightclub with a nagging <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll just pat you down quickly <laughs> what? is that a suicide vest you're not coming in here mate put it in your sock <laughs> but then this guy he went from Baltimore Maryland with yeah, the sole around. intention of stabbing black people I lived in New York throw a stone you'll hit a black it is as swing a knife you'll hit a black person it's as multi-denominational go into a black nightclub you could stab about four they're all dancing around the place they're all having a good time with Prince William in the middle of them just raising the roof this is the level of moron I find becomes an extremist you're a shit terrorist pal (laughs) I just had to say could be considered a terrorist still. Completely a terrorist. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But that's the that's the thing that I'm saying. Like when there's a Muslim terrorist that comes out there, like where are all the Muslims trying to say that they condemn this, which they have for years and years and years. But then a white supremacist comes out and stabs black people. Clearly a racist, has extremist views. And why aren't they like saying all white people? Where are the white leaders? Donald Trump, get out here, say something about this. Didn't hang you? on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. All right, Donald Trump is orange. He's not white. All right. When an orange, when a fucking carrot stabs someone to death, I'll, I'll get Donald Trump out there. Touche. <laughs> Man stabbed by Umpa Lumpa. <laughs> United States president is up in arms. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, I, I do completely agree with you. Yeah. And I do think the double standard is sick. Headline number six for today. Um, in, in a story that did not in any way make my blood run cold, Marie Le Pen the leader of Le Front National in France, the hardcore right-wing group of crazy fucking lunatics, was visiting with Vladimir Putin, or uh, Donald Trump's BFF, as he's also known. They have bracelets. I bet they do. do. I bet they have bracelets. It is frightening. Now, I must point out, at this stage, because people go, oh, maybe they're not the same, maybe they're not the same, or whatever else. There is a lot of pro-Moscow rhetoric between both herself and Trump. You know, they they big up Moscow, that they're okay with all the stuff that they do. Um, There is a broader goal of supporting a chaos candidate. Marie Le Pen is seen as a chaos candidate, Donald Trump was seen as a chaos candidate between the two of them and also trying to erode European unity because Marie Le Pen is very much anti-EU as was Donald Trump on this. Le Pen has 
publicly back the Russian annexation of Crimea, which to anyone else is a fucking war crime, you know, like uh, basically this is why World War II started because Germany tried to annex Poland, yet Marie Le Pen has backed the Russian annexation of Crimea and she's also frequently, like someone we know, a certain Oompa Loompa if you will, <laughs> has uh, expressed admiration for Putin. It's like the little loser in school who tag teams with the big bully now this is long before a cyber bullying when anyone can bully anyone you just say bad shit to them on their Facebook but it's leeching on to the big bully the Vladimir yeah. Putin I've all this power not a big fan and Vlad. you know if you leech on to him you can have a bit of that power yeah I can leech off that I can use his support and it'll work for obviously whatever her final goal is now I don't understand why France would want to be out on its own why Holland would want to be out on its own because they're not that big countries you know there's only so much cheese we can eat and wine <laughs> we can drink do you know what I mean yeah fair enough but I, something from this story that, that really resonated with me okay I'm going to give you a quote here quote Putin told the pen Russia has no intention of meddling in the French elections like they did the US Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, this is a direct quote. So Putin told the pen, as he would, I'm sure, of course, he told the pen they had no intention of meddling in the French elections, according to a Russian news agency. Come on now. Hold on, though, then. Oh. Riddle me this, and you probably know more about this than I do. How did Russia meddle in the US election? Okay. The very easy answer to that, they leaked all the Democratic National Convention emails and they, on record, they had hacked the Republicans, but they didn't release any of them. So basically it's like me releasing your shit, but not your opponent's shit. Here, hold on, you've nothing on me, do you? We are brothers. I know everything about you. If lot, you and I ever decide to turn... There's a lot of dick sense. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. There's no dick pics for a second. But if you and I ever turned on each other, Jesus Christ. I hate that. Who's shaving your back now, right? (laughs) (laughs) You leak everything, I will bury you, motherfucker. You better not pick me as your best man, dickbag. Because if you do, your wife won't want to fucking marry you. It'll be the quickest fucking marriage in history. Do you take him in sickness and in health? Yes. Until the best man speech. And you should be like, no, I don't want them anymore. Just kidding. It's a normal time, baby. <laughs> right, I know. Going back though. I never realised that it was them exactly that. It was the... Ru- I never realised that it was the Russian government who leaked those Hillary okay 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 in the strictest sense of the term it wasn't but in the loosest sense exactly (laughs) right again there's so many intelligence sources saying it was a Russian government who backed these hackers who wanted to leak this information you know and it's it's very surprising that they hacked both and yet no Republican emails were leaked in fairness that's because Donald Trump was leaking the fucking emails straight into a microphone in every rally he was in and people went yeah he's, he's kind of speaking the truth there I don't think there's anything though that they could find on him no because again he said it into a fucking microphone but wasn't it funny even David Beckham when all this stuff was leaked about David Beckham have you heard about this Nicole yes what happened with him was they he obviously wanted to be knighted for all his work and he has done a lot of good work let's not take away from what he's done but he's a little bit precious he's used to the good life he's the emails that were leaked were saying that he called the committee that voted for knighthood 
a bunch of CNX Tuesdays because they didn't give him the night. He was obviously angry. He was obviously upset at the time. However, it, it is a little bit pissy. Yeah. But furthermore, when it was seen in the papers, it was a Russian hacker. Was it actually a Russian hacker? Or is everyone just colluding to the fact that Russians are just obsessed with hacking? It's what they do. They drink vodka. And they hack stuff. And they hack the shit out of everything. And they put little video cameras on the front of their cars in case people jump out of them. Do you ever notice that? Or like meteors come down? Yeah. So, do you know where that <laughs> Or, or if you know you're American, that? they'll hack your microwave. Oh, yeah. I hate when my microwave's hacked. And they know what my lean cuisine is. <laughs> yeah. They must see so many plastic boxes of peas <laughs> being microwaved. Oh, no, not in America. It's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Just so many fat cunts opening. Ping! Big smiley face of mac and cheese. Oh, yay, mac and cheese is done. No, we don't eat peas. We don't, we don't believe in vegetables. That's way too green, motherfucker. All this popcorn just popping in the Russians. Come on, come on. But yeah, no, going back to what I was saying there, which has nothing to do with politics, by the way. However, do you know why they all have cameras on the front of their cars? Because people jumping in the way of cars and getting run over and suing drivers was so prevalent that... I have heard this. Yeah, that's why they all have... And that's why on all these new clip shows, you see all this stuff on the cameras. Isn't that nuts? Having dated a Russian girl for two years, I think, um, yeah, they're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and move on from there, shall we? Okay. So we were saying how um, Putin and Le Pen had visited together truly spine-chilling stuff, you know, where they just, the rest of us wish it wasn't happening. But something that kind of really resonates with me is Putin told Le Pen Russia had no intention of meddling in the French election. Just something we need to keep in mind here. Putin's number one political rival was murdered <laughs> in front of Putin's office in the Red Square and Putin put himself in charge of the investigation. Now is that not a little bit like Donald Trump appointing himself in charge of the investigation into sex crimes? Yeah, pretty much. Like as he's grabbing the pussy, he's saying I'm not grabbing the pussy. Yeah. No, no, that's like a, a bunch of women getting together and going, oh, we had our pussies grabbed and Donald Trump goes, don't no, worry, don't. I will personally head, pardon the pun, I will personally head the investigation into all this pussy grabbing. As a man who's grabbed his fair share of pussy through the years, let me tell you, when you grab that pussy, you're grabbing the pussy. There's no two ways about it. I feel like this is going the wrong way. <laughs> I, I do. I feel like we're getting lit. I'm going to And let this. me refer you back to my Tinder and plentyoffish.com profile. All women swipe left on this. <laughs> Fucking stay out of this. <laughs> she is staying out. She swiped left on you. <laughs> In fairness, though, right? Let's let's get back on track here. If Donald Trump appointed himself in charge of all sex crimes, but I've gone and uh, I've gone ahead and given him his detective name, Tango and Slash. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a piss joke for those of you listening. Okay, I'm feeling like you're not loving that, so I'm going to give you another one. Sherlock her up. <laughs> and his partner in crime Watson Fox News today 
Okay, at this point, so we need to move on to um, the latest of Brexit. And we and it's lovely to speak that we have an American perspective on this. This week, we found out that uh, Theresa May's government is keen to build a post-Brexit alliance with Trump's administration ahead of a potential trade deal. In the debate... Theresa May, as we all know, who was a Remain voter, but is now... But in the same way, I feel like Jeremy Corbyn was a Remain voter. We didn't believe him. We don't believe her. What? So you, you don't believe that either of them were Remain voters? No. Who do you believe? believe just and then you're because you you were the perfect example because you were an undecided voter where, where do you think either of them lie i just see i just see it completely as an economical pros and cons pro money con not so much money <laughs> <laughs> There's your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Then, <laughs> and then, and then, we're gonna lose the money, and then we're gonna lose jobs, and then the Belgians won't come, and then Marie Le Pen's gonna oh get God. the French vote, and then <laughs> Max Zorin Enterprises are gonna take over the Netherlands, and then, and then Ireland's gonna float out to sea. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Well, I'll be swimming after it. Please, like, please come back. Come back, Ireland. Come back. <laughs> please stay. You reasonable Catholic bastards. But you float out and you eventually come up to America and you're like, oh shit. To the, to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you're like pushing to away. To the Statue of Liberty. From Staten Island. <laughs> yeah. And she's looking at us going, go back. Go it's back. It's a trap. You think it's bad over there? It's a trap. You want to see the cunt that's in here? Oh, he's... Exactly. Get out of here. Just stay around Iceland. <laughs> That's the sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. In the debate, Conservative MP Jacob Rees-Mogg, who, let's be honest, we're going to need an entire episode to talk about, criticised Trump's, and I quote, ill-considered phraseology. That's how he referred to the pussy-grabbing talk. Yeah, that is re... Like, apparently it is official. You can polish a turd. But he said... He was trying to say that we should do deals with Trump that quote ill-considered phraseology was not something that should get in the way wait so the phraseology was grammar by the pussy it wasn't I went at her like a bitch I knew she was married (laughs) apparently yeah that's more of the ill-considered phraseology a lot and I have to say to them no (laughs) (laughs) please stop just think of your husband calm down ladies no I know where you're coming from you're only female (laughs) But you need to back off. Just take a step. It's all those Prince William moves that you do. <laughs> Just puffing those cheeks. Puffing those cheeks and raising me hands to the roof. All the lads. All the lads. Lads, lads, lads. Jacob Rees Mogg, he did say that Trump had, had, had put up some ill considered phraseology, but it was still worthy of a trade deal. And I think this is where we are with Brexit, where we are willing to put up with some pussy-grabbing nonsense, and we're willing to offset it as ill-considered phraseology, as long as they're willing to give us a, a good trade deal. Jacob Rees-Mogg went on to say, um, quote, what complaint did the honorable gentleman, speaking about obviously the, the politicians who had the nerve to question Trump, he said, what complaint did the honorable gentleman make when Emperor Hirohito came here, the Prime Minister of Japan at the time, who was responsible for the rape of Nanking. Now, I don't know about you lot, but like, that, that is some fantastic logic there, Jacob. You didn't do the right thing last time, so it's incumbent on you this time to do the wrong thing as well. Two wrongs making the right. Absolutely. You know what? Thing. Fuck it. Well, we're at it. Let's get Rolf Harris back on TV too. He was good. Did you ever see him doing the wobble board? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is yet? Yeah, Rolf. A fucking sexual harassment claim. <laughs>
It'd be great seeing the Cosby show now. It'd be like train spotting oh. 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they now? Oh. Prison. They're in prison. <laughs> They're with their therapist, Bill. I find it hilarious that Jacob wants to get into economic bed with a man who struggles to spell the word tap. I don't know if you saw this, but he misspelled in one of his tweets. He misspelled the word tap, which, by the way, for those of you at home with a sense of fucking mathematics, is three letters long. T-A-P. He spelled it T-A-P-P. Oh, God. That's pretty bad. Have you not seen that? No. You didn't see it till now? In fairness, he, he probably learned to spell at Trump University. Oh, Trump. I'm happy with that one. Uh, in fairness, Trump University, formerly known as the Derek Zoolander School for Kids Who Can't Read Good and Want to Learn to Do Other Stuff Good Too. Center for Ants. <laughs> yeah. How am I going to grab that pussy if I can't get in the door? More of this Tory genius that we've been hearing this uh, week is um, George Osborne's new job. Now, how much have you heard of this? I kept myself away from this because you had mentioned to me during the week, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? This has to go in. This has to go in. So I stayed away from it just to give you the, the kind Yeah. <laughs> Tory MP, George Osborne, who for the record is the Tory MP for Tatton. Is now a rent boy. No, he is not a rent boy. He is the editor of the Evening Standard. Stop it. Fuck off. In addition, at the same time as being the MP for Tatton. I have no words. Give over. No, this is genuinely true. How did he score that? Wait, hold on. How did he score that? And this this is not like a, a figurehead position or an honorary position. He is the actual managing editor of the Evening Standard. Is he journalistic calibre as he worked in journalism before? Oh, he absolutely does. He absolutely does. He has been rejected from the trainee positions of The Economist and another newspaper. The Economist is a good paper. And he was rejected from their trainee programme. When? Well, in fairness, that was like 20 years ago. But his dad's minted, isn't he? Oh, yeah, they're all minted, absolutely, yeah. That's sure enough, that's good enough for a Tory newspaper, no? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he's the manager. Today, the Evening Standard, then the Telegraph, then the world. <laughs> I should point out, though, this is not the only job he owns. George Osborne actually has six different jobs on the go at the moment. His rent boy one. Because <laughs> I really want to push the fact he's a rent boy. I feel like this joke has legs. That- <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling here. No, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you the genuine truth. Okay, so George Osborne, the MP, MP for Tatton, has six different jobs on the go, okay? He is the MP for Tatton, earning £74,000 per year. Now, that's in addition to expenses. Now, I don't know how much you know about this, but basically MPs can expense anything that costs them any money. His other jobs, let's just get to his other jobs first. So he's an MP for Totten. His other jobs include being an advisor to an investment firm called BlackRock, which requires 48 days a year in exchange for £650,000. He is also a speaker for the Washington Speakers Bureau. He is also a chairman for the Northern Powerhouse Partnership and a fellow for the US think tank, the McCain Institute, all at the same time, roughly estimating, give or take, a, a salary of about £1.2 million a year. That's a really long Tinder profile. Does he fuck like a rabbit though, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing that once you get in a position, a position of power and influence, you use that same influence over such a broad canvas. And that's you. 
done yeah. fine perfect you get to that certain level but I have to point something out here, just so you know. So within that, okay, so he's six different jobs, all on the go at the same time. Now I fucking struggle to be a teacher, just so we can. You're put a that bit out fucking there. stupid, though. Let's be. I. <laughs> Is that too much? That's not. That's not mean to you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're no George Osborne. You're more of a Michael Gove, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Let me just put this in context, just so that you can you can appreciate the grander scale of things, okay? So George Osborne has six different jobs, all on the go at the exact same time. George Osborne, as an MP, now, as I said earlier, you're allowed to claim expenses in the, as an MP. So, for example, if you were to take a trip, as part of being an MP, you can, you can claim it on expenses, which sounds reasonable, am I right? Yes. Okay, so George Osborne, and this is James Chu, by the way, you can simply Google this, and it's absolutely verifiable. George Osborne claimed a £47 expense for two copies of a DVD of a speech he made. <laughs> Do you know what the title of that speech was? I'm a scabby cunt and you're paying for it. <laughs> the name of that speech, and I this is not a joke, please feel free to Google. Value for taxpayers' money. Oh, ouch. And you think you Americans and your orange warmongering warthog have the market cornered on killing irony and satire? <laughs> Nothing for that. <laughs> he released a second DVD called So Long Suckers! 